1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Hey, Adam, how you doing? I'm good. You know, I'm in my basement and it's a mess. So if people are coming over, I'm going to need to spend some time cleaning up. I'm just... I just oh. want to confess that. Sure. But I'm okay. Good. Well, we're at the door. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll keep you in the living room. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that nose print to the left. That's me. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was my dogs. Okay. okay. No, 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 no. Well, we love, <laughs> we love coming to your house, messy or not every Friday to talk about movies and plugged in movie reviews. And you got a chance to go out and see a premiere of a movie about I a week did. ago. I did. I was in Hollywood for the premiere of Jesus Revolution. Um, and, you know, we see a lot of Christian movies. And I know that it's, uh, we're not, you know, like with our children, we're not supposed to try to pick favorites. This is at the very least one of the best Christian movies I have ever seen. And it might just be my favorite. Uh, this is wow. a, a powerful film. And I look forward to sharing a little bit about that as, as we talk about it here this morning. Okay, well, that sounds good. And Adam, well, why don't we just let you just kind of dive right in, give kind okay. of an overview and your thoughts on Jesus Revolution. Yeah, you know, if you're not familiar with this film or if you missed the previous, you know, conversation you guys had with John Irwin, one of the directors, um, this is a movie that chronicles a movement of the spirit revival in the late 1960s and early 70s that happened in Southern California. And we meet a guy named Lonnie Frisbee, who uh, not only looks like a hippie, because that's what he is, he looks a lot like Jesus, and that's because he's played by Jonathan Rumi, <laughs> who is Jesus, of course, in The Chosen. And there's even there's even one line in the movie where they kind of give a little wink toward um, yeah, I <laughs> toward love that. Jonathan. I don't you know, remember. Like, oh, people, man. People say I look like Jesus, and if there's anybody I'd want to look like, it's him. And, that's true. You know, okay. if you're in on, in on the joke, it's a, it's a great little sort of wink toward the chosen fans uh but uh, jonathan rumi's character lonnie frisbee was sort of an itinerant preacher slash evangelist slash really kind of almost a prophet um in terms of god using him to do some incredible things and um he's walking down what sure looks like the pacific coast highway one day and this young woman named jeanette smith picks him up hitchhiking and jeanette is the daughter of chuck smith who we now know as the founder and, you know, very, very well-known and influential um, pastor of Calvary Chapel in Southern California. But back then, um, it was a struggling, almost, well, at the very least, atrophying church. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kelsey Grammer plays Chuck Smith. And uh, just as an aside, um, he was on one of the morning shows this week, and 
he got teary talking about it. And his mm. wife said, I think this is the best thing you've ever done. And I, I would agree with that. Not that I've seen everything he's ever acted in, but most of us have probably seen an episode of Frasier here or there, and that's how we know him. And um, he just totally inhabits Chuck Smith in a way that's, that's powerful. And anyway, Chuck at the outset, like many of us today, and there's so many parallels with today, you know, he's deeply suspicious and disdainful of what's happening in the counterculture. And his daughter, Jeanette, says, well, they're about peace and love. I thought that's what you're about. Maybe you should just talk to them. And he's not really a fan of that, but he jokes about, you know, if God brings me a hippie, maybe we can have a conversation. Well, that's what his daughter does. So she just brings Lonnie Frisbee straight in. And Lonnie kind of blows Chuck's mind. And he's very defensive at first. But as he listens to how Lonnie has tried everything and found Jesus to be the answer, uh, it's really transformative. And so this is the story of how this one guy shows up at the church of an aging pastor who is willing to say, maybe God's do, doing something here. And this revival breaks out largely among people who had been involved in the counterculture, you know, people that were called hippies. Um, and uh, among them is Greg Laurie, who, of course, is another person that will go on to become uh, a world renowned evangelist. Uh, but this is just a terrific story. I think it's a it's a story that challenges us who follow Jesus to really think deeply about, well, how do I respond to people who are different? Am I offering grace? Am I am I willing to listen to people? Am I willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of the gospel? Because it's very clear that Chuck Smith is pretty uncomfortable throughout a lot of scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, this one is. I think it's a must-see movie for Christians, and I think it will inspire you. Go with your small group, go with your church, go with your pastor, and then make sure you leave time afterward to go out and say, you know what? What does this have to do with our context and our church and our community? Because I think there's a lot to talk about here. Oh, my goodness. What you just said there at the end, too, about what does this have to do (laughs) in our context, sometimes we can look at and movies or or even a book or just any vision of the past and how people operated. And we think, oh, you know, I would have been on the the good people's side. You know, I would have done this. But the truth is is that the the way that uh, small church handled it, uh, the way a lot of them handled it, which was, it was very difficult. I won't do too many spoiler alerts, but it was very difficult for them and and hard for them to accept. And really, most of us are on on that side. That's where our hearts are. It's hard for us to accept. Yeah. It is. And I mean, I go to a large downtown church here in Colorado Springs, and we have homeless people that will often wander in, and sometimes they go to the service. And it's that balance of wanting to be as welcoming as possible. uh, And yet they look, and sometimes uh, I'm not trying to be crass, but sometimes they smell not like the rest of the people who are there. And so, what does it look like? to create a space where they feel welcomed. And and I I don't want to sound like I'm objectifying them. I mean, it's hard to even talk about without us and them kind of terms, right? right? But, but when, when somebody comes into our church who doesn't fit the mold, obviously doesn't fit the mold, you know, are we going to move away from them? Are we going to avoid them? Are we going to say, man, I'm so glad you're here. Tell me your story, you know, Um, and, and open that up. Are we going to come face to face with our yeah. 
our own hangups and struggles yep. with people who are different. Exactly. Um, yeah. One other thing I should say about this movie is it's PG-13, and you might be wondering about that. Um, obviously, it takes place in the counterculture of the 60s and 70s, and we know that you know free love and LSD and drug use were rampant. Uh, we see a Janis Joplin concert where you know we have lots of people holding up the sign with the famous slogan from the 60s, make love, not war. Um, and we see uh, references to people taking LSD. I think that the the producers of this movie have done a perfect job of not sanitizing that completely. You know, we do see, you know, the evidence of that inebriation and being under the influence in a couple of scenes with really with teenagers who are taking LSD, but it never feels like it's gratuitous or glorifying Mm -hmm. or planting the seed that this is a good idea. It really is a cautionary element because we see actually that it's really destructive in their lives. But I think those elements are mature enough that I wouldn't just automatically take really young children without thinking through, are you ready to have a conversation about drug use? Because there's enough here that might prompt some of those questions. I think for tweens and teens on up, most of them have probably already had conversations about that with their peers or at school or with you as parents or grandparents. Uh, But uh, that's the one sort of just, it's a very mild cautionary element. I don't think it takes away anything from the story and in fact makes it more realistic, but that is there and you'll want to be aware of that ahead of time. We're keeping um, our good friend here with us just a little bit longer because Adam, you made a statement as you were talking about Jesus Revolution, probably one of the finest Christian movies you've ever seen, but I wanted to explore that with you on two levels. One, because I've seen it, I think it's one of the best movies period I've ever seen. But it's interesting that we need to make those distinctions of finest Christian movie because Christian movies, quite frankly, are are kind of terrible. And uh, we're hoping that they get better. Used to be. You know, so they're they're getting better. Yeah. Right. But but something's lacking in them. And I don't know what that is. The message is crystal clear. But but what's usually lacking in a Christian film that's not lacking in this one? Hmm. Oh, boy, we could talk a lot about that. I agree with you. And I think this is not just a great Christian movie. It's a great movie. Mm -hmm. The storytelling works. And that's because John and Andy Irwin and the others who've worked on this, I think have an understanding of how the medium works. Now, Mm -hmm. if I can dive just a tiny bit into the weeds, I want to address your question. I'll try to do it super fast. Okay. Um, My wife um, has an MDiv and her emphasis was on film and theology. So we talk a lot about movies. And she had a class where they really compared the Catholic approach to movie making and the Protestant approach to movie making. And this is super interesting to me. Um, the Catholic approach, and I'm making generalizations, I'm not trying to offend anybody here or stereotype, but the Catholic imagination is much more comfortable with imagery, uh, with artwork, with even icons in the best sense of that. I know mm-hmm. uh, we could talk about icons for an hour. Um, but when the, Re- the Reformation happened, Protestants were people of the word, and we had a distrust of imagery, uh, and we really prioritized the, the word of God, but words in general. And so what we get a lot of times with movies that have come out of that history, um, we get movies that have lots of words. Mm-hmm. We mm. Protestant filmmakers tend to not trust images and story and mystery to accomplish what you need to accomplish. We feel the need 
to connect the dots, to yeah. spell it out with yes. words. And so that's very with a much- lot with a lot of Christian movies, what you will see is you'll get a sermon. You'll get yeah. huge scenes where people are reading scripture. You'll get big prayers. You'll get explanations. Um, and I think that it's well-intended, but I think it actually doesn't jibe with how movies do their work. Um, so I think that's one thing that we see. And I think the other thing is, years ago, um, there was a, a guy named Ralph Winter, uh, not the missions guy. There's another guy in Christendom named Ralph Winter. He's a producer in Hollywood. He worked on some of the X-Men movies. He worked on some of the early Star Trek movies. Uh, he's a strong believer. And he did an interview with Christianity Today. He said, movies are better at asking questions than they are answering them. Mm-hmm. And again, we have this impulse to make sure everybody knows what the answer is, right? And it's an mm-hmm. evangelistic impulse. It's not a bad thing. But um, when we just sort of throw the question out there, we let people wrestle with it on their own. But when we say, here's the absolute answer to the question, sometimes it can feel preachy. Uh, it can even feel a little bit like propaganda, you know, like somebody's ramming a message down our throat. This is how you're supposed to think. And and we've even talked about this with regard to Disney, with regard to the progressive and woke things that are showing up in so many things. We don't like to be preached to and entertainment. Um, and, and again, sometimes I think Christian movies, they forget that they're actually not supposed to be a sermon. They're supposed to tell us a story that prompts questions for us to grapple with. So mm. I think that those are some of the reasons why when we get done watching a Christian movie, we're like, well, I agree with the message and I love that there was an altar call, but there was something about it that didn't feel quite authentic, or I felt like, you know, I have to respond a certain way or I'm not a good person. Mm, Um, So those are, I think, some of the things that you're feeling. Now, all of that said, I think that Christian movie makers across the board are getting better at um, letting that nuance be. I think the Kendrick Mm. brothers have grown immensely in this area since their first couple of movies. If you go and watch their more recent stuff, I think they're way more comfortable with nuance and grittiness. And that's the other thing is Christian movies, I think sometimes in the interest of avoiding difficult content, they give us a vision of the world that's too sanitized. Mm -hmm. And we actually know uh, it's way more complicated and messy than that. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I'll stop. Those are three different things to think about, about why maybe some Christian movies um, come off that way when we watch them. That was brilliant. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was brilliant. No, you just put uh, words to, to feelings. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, Adam, that sounded great, but I'm going to give credit to your wife on that <laughs> totally. one. Totally. But absolutely. What I never thought to look back to that split between <sighs> Catholicism and the Reformation from the imagery to those spoken and the written word that makes so much sense, especially when you're talking about film, because it's such a visual medium and we forget that. We think we got to cram it all full of these words to get people to know the truth and know the answer so that they can like say it correctly and then move forward in their sanitized life and have the right theology that's very evangelical (laughs) right and catholics yeah i think are much more comfortable with mystery you know yeah yeah and the mystery thing is huge i actually think i know we're probably long on this segment but i think as as evangelicals we like things nice and tidy Mm -hmm. and wrapped up We're, we're not big fans of mystery 
But man, when you read the New Testament and you see Jesus wandering through, not wandering purposely, but moving through crowds, man, I think there was mystery all over the place. Who is this guy? Mm -hmm. What's going on? How is God at work here? And, And so mystery can be a beautiful thing too, not something that we have to be afraid of or make sure that we explain away. You are absolutely Mm. right. Adam, thank you so much for your wisdom, your wife's wisdom that you just shared with us, and for giving us a picture of what can truly work in Christian media, and it's working in this film, Jesus Revolution. Not just a good Christian film, it is a good film. Go check it out. Bring your friends, bring your neighbors, bring your non-Christian friends, and begin a discussion. Because my friends, even though the imagery's there, God is in the story 